Hello, Internet. Welcome to the 10 Things Podcast. My name is Craig. Alongside me, hanging out, being bad to the bone. Bad. Aaron Brooks. That's me. How's it going, man? I'm good. Um, Okay, so one thing we got to let you know about before we get started today is, hey, we're on social media. Um, you got to do something, okay? We usually save this for the end of the episode, and uh, some of you may get bored halfway through and not listen. So I'm going to say it early. That's a great idea. Thank you. I have one every five years. Um, and that is to let you know to go follow us on social media. So before we get started today, you can go find us on Facebook and Instagram at Thin. At, at thin. Well, that was last week's episode. That <laughs> was. Uh, follow us at 10 Things Podcast or on Twitter at the 10 things pod uh to communicate with us and the reason i want to mention this now is because we want to get to know you uh one thing we do know we have listeners from all over the place and i'm honestly surprised aaron of how diverse our demographics are well at least location based yeah that we have people from all over the place all over the country um we, we may be still small. We don't have a like large, massive following, but they are definitely spread out from Western U.S. to Texas to the New England area to our friends in Canada. Um, hello, A. Um, send us maple syrup. We'll take it. Uh, all the way to we have friends in the U.K. Uh, who listen to us. So wherever you are, we would love to connect with you. So go follow us on all the social medias, and then here's what I'd love it if you would help us do. Send us a message, comment on something, send us a direct message, tweet at us, and just simply say, hey, I'm listening to you from here, and then give us some feedback. Let us know what you thought about the podcast. Let us know what you would like to hear us cover next. Uh, we are nothing if we're not for the people, by the people, of the people. People! <laughs> So help us out with that. That'd be a huge help. Okay. Enough said about that. Today, I have a feeling we need to just jump right into this because I have a feeling we're going to talk a lot. Yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to lose my voice because today we are talking about the 10 things about movie villains. Everybody loves a good villain. Okay. Um, The villain is what makes the hero. And... If you, if you think about movie villains throughout all of moviedom, that's not a word, then there's some really good ones that come to mind. And Aaron, can, can we go ahead and disqualify this one? Okay. We, we mentioned it briefly, yeah. but I feel like, not disqualify, that's the wrong word. We're just going to go ahead and, it, it deserves its own award. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer yeah. to be on this list. And so we, we both want to take it. So. Yeah, we're not going to mention Heath Ledger as the Joker. You have heard us talk on this podcast so many times about how great that movie is, how great Heath Ledger's character is, that I don't think we 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 would be doing a disservice to spend a whole lot of time on this character and take it away from one of us. But I think we can start out by saying he is like the most one of the most iconic villains ever. Yes. And the way he did that role, how he did it, was second to none. And we could honestly use his name as a verb from here on out when we don't want to include something because it's so good. Like, we have to ledger that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're not going to mention Heath Ledger because he sits in a class all by himself, in our opinions. Now, I know some people may disagree, but in our opinions, he is probably one of the best movie bad guys ever. And so... Today, then, we have 10 fresh-faced villains, um, probably not so fresh-faced, um, mm, Yeah, to enter our list. Um, Aaron, you want to go first or second? I'll, I'll kick us off today. Okay. Hit us, then, with number one on okay. our list. Uh, this is one that I don't know that a lot of people would actually think of, but it's a movie that I have watched many, many times. And I feel like he is definitely a villain, somebody that you just really root against every single time you see the movie. Warden Norton from Shawshank Redemption. I don't know how you can watch that movie and not 
just hate this guy. Oh yeah, he is a terrible human being. I'm with you there. Okay, so he's not your traditional, I don't know that you'd say he's your traditional villain in the world sense, but he definitely fits that role. He is masterminding plots behind the scenes. Yeah. He appears to be this great, you know, disciplinarian on the you know, when you look at him, this guy, he's, he's reforming prison. Uh, he's doing it, you know, with hard work and the Bible. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, this man was a very, very, uh, evil person deep down inside. Mm-hmm. And you just can't help but he's root. just a bad guy. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's, you know, like sinister, no, he's just yeah. a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he's clearly only looking out for himself. Uh-huh. He's building his own little empire there. And you can't help but root for Andy Dufresne to just pull one over on him. And you don't see it coming until you watch the movie. And I forget how much I enjoy it yeah, when, when Andy pulls movie. off what he pulls off. Yeah. Uh, you know, it leads to Warden Norton taking his own life in the end. Yeah. And, you know... Part of me just wishes that they would have gotten to him because you want to see Norton get the punishment oh, that he deserves after doling out what he did. On I him. think a great alternate ending to that movie would be him serving a sentence <laughs> in the very prison that he was the worst. Can uh, you imagine? Yeah. Yes. I mean, that would have been a great sequel in and of itself. Oh, yeah, it would. You know, Not that it needed a sequel. It was, it's a nearly perfect movie and it's yes. how it is. But that would have been an interesting ending to have him serve, you know, alongside would have been really cool. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a movie. I probably watch it at least once a year. I think it's one of the best movies of all time. And that that portrayal was just one of the, I, I think, out of the list of actors in that film, I think he could go unnoticed but he definitely played that role and the movie wouldn't be what it is without warden norton and the acting job that was done he's played by bob gunton which is not like a household name no it's not somebody you would know of for a lot of different things he's been a lot of like tv dramas yes you know you know his face when you see it but you don't know who he is. He's like that journeyman actor, you know, who's just kind of done a little bit of everything, but never, never like the leading man. I don't think. No, he's always been a supporting character. And I don't know if he won any awards for that role or not. It feels like he should have. He did not. I, and I think that's a shame. Uh, again, one of the greatest movies, an amazing cast in that, in that movie. And, it wouldn't be what it was without the story of Warden Norton and Bob Gutton's portrayal. I take that back. He was a nominee. Okay. Uh, for the award circuit community awards for best cast ensemble. So that it wasn't just an individual award. It was a group award, but, um, but still, man, solid start. Yeah. How about Frank Darabont too? I mean, the director of that. Yes. He has done so many great movies. The Green Mile. Uh, he was a writer for The Walking Dead, The Mist. Um, my gosh, just he's you know so many so many other titles, but um, that's a great one to start out on for sure. Okay, I am going to hit us up with number two and talk about Agent Smith. Oh. From The Matrix, okay? <laughs> Agent Smith, who's played by Hugo Weaving. Uh, we all know about The Matrix. Even if you weren't a massive fan of The Matrix, it was a cultural phenomenon Yes, back in the late 90s uh, when it happened. And um, Agent Smith, um, he was, you know, he wasn't human. It was just AI program built into virtual reality. Um, but he was ruthless. Of course, I mean, he was, it was literally programmed to, to kill, to destroy. Um, and his, I like how this, this one article I found that had this in, it says clearly his files were corrupt. 
Um, That's good. But uh, he has that wonderful I hate this place speech to Lawrence Fishburne, who played Morpheus. Um, he, he was not just a bad guy, but he just kind of the over-oppressive uh, regime um, guy who just hates his job, just does not want to be there and wants to take everything out on uh, Keanu Reeves' character, Neo. And, um, you know, what was it? His, his like, hugely famous line was Mr. Anderson. Yes. You know, and just the multiplying effect that he had. He could surround you. He was extremely skilled in combat and all these different areas. Uh, just made for a great villain. And I can't picture many other people in that character role than Hugo Weaving. Um, just a very stoic, stone cold face. His emotion never really seemed to change, did it? I don't ever no. remember him changing no. <laughs> his facial expressions at any point in the movie, whether it was a huge ac- action sequence or what. He just seemed like his face just always was stayed in the same frame of mind. So, Agent Smith. I like that one. Number one for me. Or number two, rather. Uh, okay, number three. I think, in my opinion, that this is easily, um, arguably, debatably, one of the best villains ever. Okay. Emperor Palpatine. I almost went Palpatine, too, <clears throat> but I didn't. There are other, I think you could do almost a 10 things of Star Wars villains. Uh, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And there are some great Star Wars villains. There's another one that probably will make our list if he doesn't, is at least an honorable mention. But behind the scenes, behind controlling everything else, and especially when it comes to the latest movie of the franchise. It's true. Who is in the background from episode one through episode nine? Yeah. This guy, I mean, he's he's building stations to, you know, planet destroying Death Stars. And he's in the in the prequel trilogy. You begin to see his background. And you think, you know, you just know there's something off about this guy. And you begin to learn his backstory. He's, you know, he's manipulating everybody. He's one of the, he's one of the worst. (laughs) He's one of the best worst villains ever. Well, I would classify him as a arch villain. Yeah. Because, I mean, he is, he is coordinating other Great villains. Yes. You know, he's kind of the puppet master he, yes, of the Star Wars yes. world. He is the the mastermind of all of this that's happening in the evil empire. It's all Palpatine. And he's got a great... It seems like all of these villains, I think all the ones on my list do, and especially all the ones we've mentioned so far, have these defining characteristics about them. And he's kind of got that voice, you know, that very, you know, just yes. kind of a very, just a sinister, a evil, just a, you know, skin crawling kind of vibe to him. And when you, when you see how did he... Did you like that impression, by the way? I did. <laughs> yeah, that's that was a pretty good Palpatine impression. When you see how he looks, I mean, he is a, he looks like a villain, yeah. After he has his encounter with Yeah, absolutely. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Uh now I have some issues with Emperor Palpatine in this most recent. Which we need we episode. need to we need to start out by saying um spoilers. Yeah. I think we just need to say that moving forward. We haven't really given anything away yet. Um but I think moving forward, I know for me, for sure, moving forward, um, spoiler alerts. So when you hear us mention these characters at the beginning, you need to know, if you haven't seen these movies yet, 
spoilers coming. So I wanted to say that so you can speak freely. Okay. Right. So spoilers. Because this is still, I mean, we're still in theaters with this film. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so skip ahead. You know, he's got that, you know, your skip ahead function on your podcast app. Just skip ahead a minute or five. But I do have some issues with Palpatine being back in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. It, I, I, I mean, I just have questions about that that I have an issue with. I don't know how you do that. I mean, I'm not against it. I mean, because it, it, it made for just a good movie. It made, made it a popcorn movie. It's just entertaining. Yes. But... I'm with you. It, it felt a little bit like, uh, I don't want to use the word cop out, but it kind of was. Right. You know, it was. Now, I have heard, you know, this, this movie does lend itself to fans and just fun and just a great movie to go see. So people who read a ton into it and try to nitpick the background, number one, I get it because, you know, that's what we do. We want continuity. We want these things to flow together. We want to be able to understand it. But at the same time, it is just a movie. Okay. So let's just have fun and enjoy it. Okay. But this is a 40-year franchise that you can't just throw the story away on. And it feels like that's what happened. Now, I think there is a way to redeem it. And for those of us who do care about the continuity of the story... Because you, you, it was a, a lot of great things in the movie. But to salvage what a lot of fans feel about what happened, give us a Star Wars story called Palpatine. I would agree with that. Okay. So tell us what happened. Since you've, since you've brought him back, give us a Star Wars story on Palpatine and fill in what happened. And I'm okay with what it. What if they did a Disney Plus series on him? That would be amazing. I'm down for it. I think that would be a great idea. Whatever Disney... Fill in the can, gaps. Because if you go there with it, I just feel... And maybe that's what their plan was. Yeah. I, that's why I don't want to be too hard on the movie. But there is some questions. It's kind of like, okay, how is this even possible? Yeah. If this is going to be your last movie of this part of the franchise, then at least throw us a bone and go in and fill those, those out. And when you do that... If you can fill in that gap, I think it just makes him as a villain even more villainy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of these villains probably on our list don't have intricate, you get glimpses of their backstory. Right. He is probably the one. Yes. That has this long history, storied legacy. Right. Behind it. And so I absolutely get what you're saying as far as that regard, that you can't have that much build up and then go, hey, why? How? How is he? I mean, we he saw was him. dead. He was dead. <laughs> he was thrown down a, a shaft. You know, he shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, they tried to, they tried to do it, but they did it really fast. It was just kind of a, uh, a pass away comment that, oh, yeah, he's back. Oh, and the, my biggest problem with that is everybody was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like, wait, how is this even possible? It was like. Oh, okay, yeah, that that's probably about right, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, is Vader coming back too? Is that what's happening? I, or, I know, you know, right. So, but anyway, I think he's he's easily one of the best villains of all time. Um, just a mastermind, a, a an evil genius. Yeah, thanks. What you can call Emperor Palpatine. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rip the bandaid off and go go next year and talk about Darth Vader. He exactly. You have to. You have to. Um, he taught a lot of the lists I saw. He was number one right. on a lot of these lists, and most of these lists were fan driven. And so you cannot talk about villains without talking about Darth Vader. Um, he was played. A lot of people don't know this by David Prowse, uh, but voiced by James, James Earl, Jones. Earl Jones. So a lot of people think that it was James Earl Jones under the the mask. It was not. No. Um, uh, David Prowse was a he was a large, tall man um, who kind of just had this booming presence on set. I, I've been told, not personally by people, but just like listening to stuff and reading, that he just had a towering presence while he was there. It's uh, interesting to watch original video of when they were filming that and to listen to him because he's he's voicing all of Vader's yeah, lines. Exactly, 
And so it's just so weird it to is. hear his voice yeah. coming out. And um, I think they pretty much knew all along he would not be the voice. But James Earl Jones was not the original voice picked out for Darth Vader. No. It was some, I don't remember his name, but some British guy that was supposed to do it. And um, I, I think he ended up dying, if I remember correctly. Like, he, his wife died for sure, I know that. And I think it caused him to go into depression and really struggled. Um, and so I can't remember if he himself died. Uh, but I know, regardless, they moved on and uh, got James Earl Jones. And I think it was the best thing that could have happened. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine anybody else doing Darth Vader. Um, so, and plus, you know, Vader's story, you know, I think the only other person other than Palpatine with a storied legacy is Darth Vader. Right. Uh, again, spoilers, but, you know, just coming from the Skywalker line and um, just, I mean, the all the, the whole prequels were about him. Yes. That was the whole point that in the was, movies. Yes. Was to show Darth how he how became he Darth became Vader. Vader. And uh, the original trilogy centered around him, you know, and his battle with Luke and the eventual redemption that he had in it. Um, and then the new trilogy, you know, references Vader a lot and how Kylo Ren is trying to live up to that and trying to, you know, so... Which I think is funny because, you know, Kylo is constantly trying to live up to Vader. There's no mention of Darth Maul or any of those, you know. If there is, there's very, it's a passing mention. But, um, you know, Vader is the one who had, be, had was like the iconic villain in cinema. Yes. And I want to say, I think Darth Maul's an underrated villain. I thought he was a good character. He was very stoic, just silent, you know, just creepy. That double-edged lightsaber battle, that that was great. But I really, and I know a lot of people don't like the prequels, and I am, and I I know you're one of those, I am not a fan of episode one and two, but I really do enjoy episode three. I need Re- to go back and rewatch Revenge them. of the Sith. This is where Anakin becomes Vader. And I think Hayden Christensen did an... In fact, I was watching a video on this just last week. He studied Vader and he listened to James Earl Jones and he he worked on mimicking a lot of the same voice qualities that James Earl Jones had as Vader, he tried to bring that in to Anakin. And I think he played Anakin Skywalker phenomenally in his transition. You can really see, and again, in the background, you have Palpatine, you know, kind of pulling the puppet strings with Anakin. Right, yeah. I think Revenge of the Sith is is one of the underrated Star Wars movies. I mean, I need to go back and watch it. It's been so long. And you're going to especially be, I think, surprised by this. I think I've only watched them once. Oh, wow. Maybe twice, uh, some of them. But it was kind of a... I remember watching, after the first one, was just like a... uh, I remember watching the others out of obligation. And I think I probably just went into them with a negative attitude after that. So I need to go back with fresh eyes, older, wiser, and and rewatch. I wanna we and I say this every year. I wanna watch in in canonical order. Yes, um, that's what I'm currently doing. Are you? Yes. I, I want to go back and do that. And how, how each one's what probably average two hours. Yeah, two two and a half hours. So that would be eighteen hours, right? There's nine of them now. Yes. So. A Full day. And if you want to, you can throw in there Solo and Rogue One. You'd have to make it a weekend at that point. It's not as much Solo because it is, but if you wanted to follow the actual story, you can put Solo in there. But Rogue One is a, it's one of my favorite it's movies. It's a great Star Wars And film. it actually pertains to the rest of the, yeah. you know, to the story. I need to rewatch that one too. I've only seen that twice. That's the one I'm watching it again right now. Yeah, I need to um, watch that. And one. there's times, you know, in my old age, <laughs> I can't sit down and watch a movie all in one sitting many times, so I have to break <laughs> it up over a couple of days. 
All right, Aaron, give us number. We're already at number five. Give us. Are we at number five? We're at number. We're at number five. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Hit us up with it. Uh, I'm gonna go way back to one of my favorite movies of all time. It is my second favorite Christmas movie of all time. Oh my gosh. I want to talk about Mr. Potter. Of course we're going to talk about Christmas movies. No, we're, we're talking about villains. Yeah, but I mean, it, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. You tell me that Mr. Potter is not a villain? He's a great uh, villain. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know if I classify him as a villain. Yeah. He's just a bad guy. He's just not a good person. He he's an evil guy. He's just a selfish jerk. Yeah, he's a villain. Okay. I I mean, he's running. He's he, he's he's a slumlord. I think there's better villains out there, but uh, well, I'll, I'll I don't know. You. You're a man who's keeping people in poverty. You're pushing people down. You're trying to control everything. I mean, you just let this guy loose for a while. He becomes a dictator. You let this guy loose, and before long, you're fighting a war because this man has taken over a country because he's he's got such a black heart. I think he I think he's one of the best villains. When you go back and you begin to look at old movies, and I think you have to. I enjoy the old movies. Um, he's just a really, really bad guy. Okay. I mean, I still, I don't know that I would classify him as a villain, but you know what? That's what, that's what makes us unique is our, is our opinions. The entire movie is Jimmy Stewart fighting against this man, trying to, Trying to save the town from being taken over. I mean, he does definitely have the town in his grasp. I mean, he has control of all of Bedford Falls. Yes. And then what he does to Uncle Billy. I mean, just taking is ruthless. Taking the money and then and then threatening to turn them over to the police. I want to see the sequel to that where because this ends with everybody you know bringing the money in and and he doesn't take his life and all of this kind of stuff but we never find out what happens to Potter. So you want to you want to see a Disney Plus series called Potter. <laughs> Disney Plus, we know you're listening to this. I'm giving you some great ideas here. All right, take off of this. No, when Mr. Potter's Neighborhood. That's what we we're, we're going to call it. When <laughs> hanging with Mr. Potter. When Clarence shows up, and uh, he's never been born, and they go back in time, they go to Pottersville. Yeah, and you look at what he's turned that place into. You tell Vegas. me, Vegas. He turned it into Vegas. Small town Vegas is what it what happened. Yeah, like a like an even worse Vegas. But I mean, you can't tell me that that guy is not a villain of of old movies. Can you give me a better villain from back in that time? I can't because I'm not a big old movie fan, but I think he's one of surely the, somebody can. I think he's one of the earliest. When did Psycho come out? That would have been in the '60s. I think it was like '65. That's right. It was just shot in black and white, wasn't it? Okay. You know, this was what 1942. I think it was 46. Was it 46? I want to say 46. Let's see who's right. I know you're looking it up. Psycho was 1960. The winner is... 1946. Yes. Right. Uh, Yeet. Sorry. So, <laughs> it's going to make people that know me laugh because I'm the whitest of whites. Yeah. Can't get away with saying yeet. And I'm 34. I think that's more important than my race is the fact yes, that I'm is. 34 years old. Yeah. I can't pull off saying yeet. So, he, so Mr. Potter has to be on my list. I think he deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore. Oh no, of villains. Oh, uh-uh, no. He's a founding father of villains. No, 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 no. You get you got four villains to choose from, and you're going to put Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life on there. Who who of the four we mentioned previously are you knocking off of just those guys? Warden Norton, Agent Smith, Palpatine, and Vader? Agent Smith. You're going to take off my guy? I see how it is. 
I promise you, we've got villains coming up that'll that. Okay, here's what here's what I'm gonna do. By the end of this episode, if you can still tell me, Mr. Potter deserves to be one of the top four villains of all time and be on the Mount Rushmore, I will, I will buy you a Coke or something. Okay, because <laughs> right. I don't think it's gonna happen. Okay, we're gonna revisit. I'm gonna, it, I'm gonna keep an open we're mind. We're gonna revisit it. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep an open mind. Um, we're gonna debate more about this. I think it's time for a break. And so we're going to take a break and I'm going to, I want to see what his thoughts on are as Clarence apparently is in the, a villain or something. I don't know. We'll no, be right. Clarence is a great guy. <laughs> we'll be an all time hero. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Um, Aaron has left the room. I made him because he still thinks Mr. Potter is a villain. Yeah, I want to hear anybody defend Mr. Potter. Like, defend, I'm going to call you a villain if you defend Mr. Potter. Defend his actions? I mean, yeah. he, he was a shrewd businessman. Mm. I mean, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank would have done the same thing. And he is wonderful in his name. <laughs> He can't be a bad guy. As wonderful as in his name. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> We're talking movie villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I think we are. Who knows after what Aaron said. I don't know if, if we're on the same page, but... Uh, we're talking movie villains, and we've listed five. Warden Norton from Shawshank, Agent Smith from The Matrix, Palpatine Invader from Star Wars, and Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. One of these things just doesn't belong there. Um, yes, we have moved on to number six, and I'm up, and I will give you a villain if you want a villain. How about the word Thanos from Avengers? Okay. This is a movie villain. Okay? <clears throat> he is the epitome of a bad guy. Um, he was played... I'm not sure. Oh boy, here we go. He was played by. Can I get the facts out yeah, first before we start debating? He was played by Josh Brolin. Um, he was in um, several little small cameos in several of the Marvel movies. Uh, a key figure in Marvel Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. Um, over the last ten years, Marvel Studios spent time building up to this villain. They spent ten years building up to the fight with this one villain. All of the universe was terrified of this man. Um, he was seen in post-credit scenes sporadically. It was not always played by James Brolin. Early on, when they first saw him, it was just some character actor wearing makeup. He didn't hardly say anything. But when it came time for him to play a major role, Josh Brolin took it over and crushed it. I mean, he did a great job with Thanos um, being that kind of a villain. Um Again, spoilers for if you don't know, but Thanos' whole purpose is to accumulate these infinity stones that have apparently been around since the dawn of creation. And when you have all six of them, you snap your fingers and you can do whatever you want. And his wish was to wipe out half of every living creature in the universe. Now, his one redeeming quality, I guess, was he kind of halfway in a weird, twisted way was trying to do it for the right reason, I guess, maybe, in the fact that, hey, it's getting too crowded up in here. (laughs) And um, he just wanted to just let everybody have some space to kind of help the economy. I don't know. And so uh, all the Avengers teamed up to take him out. Um, At the end of Infinity War, he did, in fact, collect all the stones, snapped his fingers, wiped out half of the universe. And then we all know during Endgame, which was the most epic movie of the last 20 years, um, the pals came, the super pals came together and uh, defeated Thanos, reversed the snap. And we all lived happily ever after, except those people who are fans of Iron Man and Captain America (laughs) and the Black Widow. Yes. Probably more. It, the Black Widow had the biggest twist out of all of those. We knew the other two were gone. I would like to pitch an idea to Disney Plus to make a show about Black Widow. Well, I mean, they're making a movie. Yes. And who knows? The movie may spin it off. I think it'd be a great. The movie looks. Um, the yes, trailer it does. for that movie looks amazing. Yes, I it wish does. we had more of that. I want to say that a few weeks ago, I was. This was on a Disney Plus Facebook group. I saw a very intense debate happening 
over whether or not Thanos was a good guy or a bad guy. And there was a lot of evidence presented that I think you could make a case that he's a good guy. Sort of. I mean, his goal was to save the universe. Yeah. Not to destroy it. So in a weird way, I think that you can argue that he... I mean, he was willing to sacrifice in order to save the universe. Not sacrifice himself, but he sacrificed See, and his, that's, that's just it. You know, if, if, if he you can, really was a good guy, he would have been willing to sacrifice himself. Right. And that never happened. Um, the thing was, is he was willing to do whatever it took to make it happen. He wanted to restore balance. So I at least think that, I mean... I'm not ready to join the forces and say, yeah, he was he was a good guy and go out and promote him as like, you know, let's team him up with the Avengers and, you know, he should be on their side. But it was an interesting discussion to see. I was surprised how many people were there arguing for Thanos. I think you see this a lot because, I mean, I'm a fan of Walking Dead and one of the major villains in Walking Dead was Negan. And you see, you know, a lot of people, I think if you love the character and what they bring... Like, Josh Brolin did such a great job with that role. He brought a lot of energy and life to it. It was an exciting character. It had an interesting backstory. It had these interesting elements. He he did so such a good job at what he did that I think people enjoy the character so much. They they want to make him a good guy, he, he, but he's not. Someone pointed out, and here it is in this article from fandom.com, that I hadn't really thought of, but they they equated with Thanos with what he did with what Doctor Strange did in Infinity War when he sacrificed Tony for the greater good. He had, you remember, he, he could have saved Tony Stark, but he said that he had looked at every single possibility that was there. Yeah, but there's a big difference between saving one person that can make a big difference. And then, and here's the thing too with that. Here's the argument I would make for that. Tony Stark as Iron Man knew what he was getting into. The trillions of life forms, humans, species, whatever, have no say in this at all. They're just living their daily life and then just to be gone. So you're, I, I would understand it. I would be more on the side of Thanos had he said, I'm going to snap my fingers and wipe off every evil person in the universe to allow people to do better rather than half, no matter what they are, just right down the middle, half of every demographic. And because that means there's bad people taking advantage of that. There are, there's still evil in the worlds and, so I guess that's my big takeaway is that Tony Stark knew what he was getting into. He signed up for it. He was willing to die. So yeah, Dr. Strange can sacrifice him. He was a willing part of it. The innocent people being destroyed is what I have issue with. Okay. Two things. One, Strange told Tony in the very beginning, if it comes down to saving you or the time stone, I'm saving the time stone over you. So it wasn't, I mean, it was strange making a choice. Like, I'm going to sacrifice you to save this. Well, but again, Tony Stark knew all of this stuff. Okay, he secondly knew what he was then, the Avengers themselves are not free of killing innocent people. No, I mean, you're There's right. a lot of collateral right. damage that they do. Yeah. So that's the argument that some of these people are making is that, okay... You can't say that Thanos has done all of these things and act like the oh, Avengers yeah, you're haven't. Right. You're right. So I'm not saying that that I think that Thanos is some you know superhero out there you know riding around with a white cowboy hat on. But it was an interesting discussion that I hadn't really ever thought through. I, I tell you, still one of my favorite movie scenes, and when it comes to a comic book movie, is the f- opening scene of Batman versus Superman, where you know it's it's tail ending the or it's it's the sequel to Superman or uh, the man of steel where the final scene in that movie is this huge battle scene where stuff gets destroyed and all these things are happening. And the very first scene of Batman versus Superman is Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne character 
watching all the destruction happening from the ground level, seeing people die, seeing all these things happen, and him getting mad at that this alien can do that kind of damage. Right. Showing the real human effects of what these superheroes go through. It's still one of my... For all the grief that I know people have about those movies, that is a really interesting take. I think it was Zack Snyder who had to bring up that point, that perspective from a, a superhero movie. I need to watch those again. I, they it's, are so underrated. It's been a long time since I've seen since I've seen those. I know I they I've only watched them once. They they were not your Christopher Nolan Batman movies. No, but I I enjoyed them. I thought I thought they were all solid. Okay, it was, it was Ben Affleck. Right? It was Ben Affleck was Batman. Henry Cavill was Superman. Um, you know, Man of Steel was good on its own. Um, and then Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice was good. That's when we first got introduced to Wonder Woman and. Um, Aquaman and all those guys came into play. It was it was a solid movie, I thought. So, that's me. Thanos number six. That was a good discussion. Yeah, hit us with number seven, Aaron. Okay, this is one of the first villains that I think I can remember ever seeing in a movie. Probably three or four years old. In the movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The Evil Queen. What? There are so many <laughs> other movie villains, and you've chose the Evil Queen and Mr. Potter. <laughs> now you're going to defend an Evil Queen? I'm not going to defend her. I'm just saying we have we have ten to choose from. We have to narrow it down to ten. Okay, and those have been two of yours. <laughs> the and evil animated is evil the Evil Queen. Queen a villain? Yes. Okay. There's no denying was she's the, a villain. The first out of all cartoon movie villains, she's the first. I think that's significant. Okay. Right? Okay, so this is uh what this is sleeping no, Snow White. Snow White. So she's given her the apple. She yes. She hates Snow White, the stepdaughter. So much that she wants to kill her. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She she takes on the form as the as the old witch. You know the mirror mirror on the wall. Yep. Who's the fairest of them all? I mean, this woman is so consumed with herself. She wants to have all control of the kingdom. She doesn't want her stepdaughter to have. I mean, this is heavy stuff for 1937 Disney, their first feature film. Uh. I mean, you got some heavy stuff here. That's why. I mean, this is a little kids movie, and for many of us, this was one of our first introductions to to someone who's evil. You see these movies, so she's she's gonna try to kill Snow White. She even sends out the Huntsman. I mean. It, if this wasn't a great villain, would we have had Snow White and the Huntsman? I mean, this this villain goes on to spawn these new movies. I don't think I've ever seen Snow White and the Huntsman. Like the, the movie that came out several years yeah. ago. And I don't think I ever saw that. So she sends out an assassin to kill her stepdaughter just to keep from her having any kind of power and authority and control in the kingdom. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, the, the story itself, I mean, it's definitely there. There's no denying she's a villain. There's no denying that iconic for sure. As, as the first. So I think that's why it deserves a spot in the list of 10. If we're going to say 10 all time. Okay, so she doesn't go on Mount Rushmore. But she deserves a spot we're, okay. we, we, in the 10. We've got, um, where are we at? We're, this is number seven. We got three spots left. Give me your Mount Rushmore right now uh, from what's been listed. Okay. Palpatine, Vader. Who else have we mentioned? Warden Norton, Agent Smith, Mr. Potter, Thanos, and the Evil Queen. Okay. Out of the ones that we have listed? Yeah. Just those okay. so far. Palpatine, Vader, the Evil Queen, and Agent Smith. Wow, so you've already taken off Mr. Potter. Yeah, I, I think the Evil Queen is a better villain, a more significant villain than Mr. Potter is. So we're, okay, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for the Rushmore update later on in this episode. 
as we continue this evolving story. Yes. <laughs> no, See, I, I would have put Thanos over Agent Smith. I guess the reason that I'm saying that is because, in light of the new evidence, I think that there's at least a discussion to be had. Well, okay. That he's not... But here's the thing. I, I think you can make a case. This is the interesting thing about villains, is that we are getting their story from the perspective of the good guys. Sure. If we were to follow their story from the perspective of how they got to where they are, we might look at the good guys as the villains. And so Agent Smith is a program. He was created. It's not his fault. He he has no choice in the matter of how he's a villain. Okay. Um, you know, Warden Norton, who knows what his home life is like? Okay. Who knows how much beef he's getting from people above him? I'm fine him. with those. But we do know Vader's background, and we do know Palpatine's background. That's true. So uh, there's no... There's no denying those. Okay. And the evil queen, I mean, how do you, how do you take up for what she does? You don't know her. You don't know her life? <laughs> She's a queen. You don't know what she's been through. <laughs> okay? I mean, she's so vain that she's standing in front of a mirror. She's got this, you know, whatever this thing is in the mirror, which is kind of creepy as a kid. Okay? Yeah, I remember it was being terrifying. It's by... just this face blob thing. There just... were a lot of terrifying things for me as a small child. When the trees you go to... easily, so... Well, I mean, <laughs> we got... we got There's other movies that young kids yeah, are Yeah, I mean, by. it is funny. I mean, and... The truth is that most of those have even darker origins before Disney got a hold of them. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot. I mean, Little Mermaid, for instance, Sleeping Beauty. All of those yes. have dark histories. Uh, Brothers Grimm, you know, who yeah, came up with those th- before. There were some very dark yeah, fairy tales. Very dark fairy tales. Okay. Evil Queen, I'll give it to you. I don't know if I fully agree, but I'm going to give it to you. I think there's better ones out there, but I get... The, um, not nostalgia, but just the, uh, the, I, the groundbreaking. Yeah. The significance of it all. Okay. Well, you're making my job harder because I thought you would take at least one of these off of my list. And I've got four left okay. on my list that I got to narrow it down to. Um, I am going to go though. Number eight. Oh, this is hard. I'm going to say John Doe. From seven. Never seen it. Hold up. Can we add a screeching sound effect <laughs> in here? You've never seen seven. No. I told you earlier that there were a lot of these villains that I had looked at that I'm like, okay, I can't choose Is some of these. Is this one you saw on those lists? Yes. You've never seen seven. Yeah. Well, I can't it's hard for me to give spoilers if you've never seen it. Because I can't, we can't talk about. No, it. I mean, it's a really old movie. I mean, it is. It so was early nineties. Yeah, I think so. Um, you maybe, might as well spoil it. I know. I, I know the premise and I've heard friends talk about it. A well, lot. I'm going to try to give a, f- I've looked for it online and just haven't found it to be able to watch. It. Oh, it's available. I might even own it. We'll have to watch it sometime. Um, if you know the premise, um, Brad Pitt is a detective, Morgan Freeman. Um, and, um, uh, is it Morgan? Yeah. And so, uh, detective, um, and then they suddenly um, come up with, they, they get a case that has to do with the seven deadly sins. And they start, at first they think it's just a coincidence, these first couple of murders. Turns out it's not a coincidence. There's somebody who is setting up these um, horrendous acts together um, as the seven deadly sins. It's inspired by that. The seven deadly sins, of course, are lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. Um, mostly unseen. So John Doe is played by Kevin Spacey, who one day we need to do an episode of the best villain actors, and I think he would he would for sure be on the list. Kevin Spacey just plays a good yeah. bad guy. Yeah, um, but he plays John Doe in this this movie. He is mostly unseen for most of the movie, but the things he does are atrocious. And the last act when you see him is incredible. Um, he's a serial killer. He has handpicked each of his victims based on what their sin they are guilty of. Um, for example, an obese man has eaten himself to death, force fed. Um, there is. Um, uh, a criminal gets uh, strapped to a bed, unfed, immobile for a year, becoming sloth, and so on and so forth. And so um, 
the the movie ends again not trying to give too much away uh, since you haven't seen it you weirdo <laughs> um but uh it's the famous what's in the box scene by brad pitt right what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box and um turns to be a very critical moment in the movie it's something that's uh very um surprising to the audience they don't they don't see it coming and uh, it was all mastermind by Kevin Spacey's John Doe character. We we never know more about him. He I think the thing that attracts me so much to this villain is how evil he is and how mysterious he is. And that's something that you know we've talked a lot about about how you know all these characters have these deep rich backstories. This is the one on this list that doesn't. We don't know much about him at all. And I think if if we're talking about sequels and ways that we could do something cool this would be a really great movie is to, you know, almost like M not Shyamalan did with split how we didn't see that tying into unbreakable. Right. It would be a really great movie to see how this ties into that. And it ends up being John Doe and it leads up to that movie. Um, seven is such a good movie. Man, I cannot believe you haven't seen this movie. How have you gone to 30 years of life and not watched this movie? I don't know. As I'm looking at a lot of these lists, that, I mean, there's a lot of these Man. that people say are top ten villains. I'm like, I've never yeah. seen this. You, you, ah, you got to watch that movie. Okay. Well, we'll move since we're late. For, we're, we're pressed for time. You don't obviously have a lot of feedback for this one. We can move on. Aaron, give us number eight. Uh, okay, oh, number nine. Sorry. Yeah, number nine. Um, I feel like you're gonna yell at me again. <laughs> I probably am. <laughs> And I, I mean, part of me thinks I should change this. I was between. I've got two that I'm between, trying to decide. Okay, which one should make my list, and which one should just be an honorable mention? Just go with your gut, man. Just go with your gut. And so, again, for significant reasons, I feel like this one deserves a spot. And I'm going way back again to the Wizard of Oz, to the Wicked Witch of the West. Okay, I'm not gonna yell at you. Okay, because I, I almost included this for the same reason, just kind of the icon, the the. You the, talk about terrifying young kids. Yeah, I mean the the Wicked Witch of the West is a great villain. What year was it? Did it come out? Nineteen thirty nine. I mean, I you're think. talking way back then. This was, it, it. This was a, I think probably, the first, and again, I'm not real familiar with movies in the 1930s. So I don't know before then, but I would say you would be hard pressed to find a villain that anybody knows or has any deep feelings about today that is older than the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, And so you're rooting against this woman for the entire film. Um, And the way that she comes at Dorothy, I mean, you, she sends out flying monkeys. Um, She's, I mean, this is a, this is an evil woman. Um, and so you're very happy when (laughs) you see that she's dead and you see the feet sticking out. Such an iconic villain that today you see a pair of legs like that. They're still known today. You had a pair of legs. Her, you had her legs here at at her house. We need context. (laughs) When you decorated your house for the for the scary night yeah, for Halloween, for all our little trick or treaters. Yeah. yeah, you had a pair of her legs underneath the house sticking out. Yeah. So, yeah. for more, for more a, accurately, my wife did. She yes, orchestrated that. But. For a villain to have lasted as long as she has, and who doesn't know the line "I'll get you, my pretty"? It's true. One of the iconic lines of well, all time. It's turned into one of the most successful Broadway plays of all time, too. Yes. Uh, currently showing, isn't it? Yeah, here in our great state. Yes. yes. Um, so, I would put her on the Mount Rushmore. Okay. So, you're not going to yell at me? I'm not going to yell okay. at you now. I mean, would, would I include her in my 10? Probably not. Um, but there's no denying that I, I take that back. If it was like my soul tin, sure. I might. Yeah. If it, if it was, yeah. 
Okay, good. Well, yeah. See, I feel good about that one. Then. Yeah. Don't feel bad. What was your other one? Just out of curiosity. Raz Agul. Okay. Well, you know I love Batman, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, no. About you that either. No, I think he's a great villain. Number ten. Uh, closing this thing out today. Um, Hans Gruber from <laughs> Die yeah. Hard. Okay. Yeah. If you can do a Christmas movie, I can too. Okay. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> what what Christmas movie are you doing? <laughs> Die Hard, man. Um, Hans Gruber from Die Hard, played by Alan Rickman. Um, I'm going to count to three. I can't do the accent. <laughs> there will be no, will not be a four. It was a, such a great line, a perfect combination of his voice and face put on a screen for a villain. He is, he's probably the quintessential eighties, nineties villain. Um, he's just, you know, he's got, he's a foreigner. He's got the accent. He's smart. Uh, a brilliant man. I think when we, th- most of us think of bad guys in movies, we think of a foreigner with the accent who's like a brilliant mastermindy villain. Uh, in most action movies, that is. Yes. Um, usually have a British accent, but um, you know he's cultured. He's a conniving villain. He can improvise and change the situation. Um, even when his plan gets thrown, uh, has a wrench thrown in it by barefoot cop, you know, Bruce Willis, uh, who plays John McClane in the movie. Um, he was given also, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't hurt when he was given some incredible dialogue by the writers, Jeb Stewart and Steven, uh, Ide Souza. I can never say his name, uh, but his delivery, his acting is really well. I'm giving him this simply for, uh, his acting chops. He just brought a lot to that role. It's not necessarily that he's the most evil person in the world. He's just a bank robber, but he's, he just quintessential. 80s 90 villain yeah he 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 deserves to be in the 10 yeah so uh there you go our 10 honorable mention tom i have a feeling we have a few so yes. aaron g- give me give me your honorables your your under i can't talk your honorables boba fett okay jabba the hut okay darth maul you're just going down the star wars guys razagul um there's some that I I know my list does not have some of these big ones like others. Uh, Vito I'll, I'll cover Corleone. A lot of them, don't worry. I, I am not a fan of the Godfather series. Yeah, it's hard to say, but I'm kind of with you. It's so slow. So I'm sorry that I didn't put him in my list. I know he's a great, uh, you know, villain that's out there. Um. And then, of course, I want to just, you know, mention one more time, the great Joker. Yeah. And we didn't spend a lot of time on him because we've we've talked so much in other podcasts about, but funny, evil, just pure evil, great backstory, mystery thrown in with it, destructive. I mean, the list goes on. He's just a great, he's a great villain. And I have one honor honor. No, I can't talk. <laughs> it's contagious. One honorable mention for worst villain of all time. Oh, okay. Kylo Ren. No. Yeah. I mean, he's an emo teenager villain, worst, but worst worst <laughs> villain. We we could do ten. I'll just list him ten times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor Adam Driver. Uh, uh, all right, real quickly, my uh, honorable mentions. I've got six of them. Wow. Um, Commodus from Gladiator. Haven't seen it. I'm sorry. You have not seen Gladiator? That's the one with Gerard Butler, right? Yes. Yeah. No, no, not with Gerard Butler. Um uh His name escapes me. Not Gerard. Um Oh my gosh, what Oh, he was in a beautiful mind. Um What's the name of the movie again? The Gladiator. Or just Gladiator. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, yes. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Okay, yeah, haven't seen it. Commodus is played by Joaquin Phoenix. Oh my gosh, oh. dude. You've got a... i got a list of movies you need to see, apparently. Um, I don't have time to talk about them. Alonzo Harris from Training Day. I haven't seen, seen it. it. I know. That's uh, played by Denzel Washington. Um, he's a... He, you don't realize he's a bad guy 
uh, you start to pick up on it pretty quickly. But he he gives the famous uh, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Okay, line so good. Don't look at me that way. Hannibal Lecter, Mike Myers. Have haven't seen it. Freddy Krueger. Haven't seen it. I know you've seen this one. Jack Torrance from The Shining. Uh, yes. Okay. God bless. Well, let me, I've never watched the entire movie. I've only seen part of the movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Aaron, what do people need to do uh, now? we got to just end this podcast. I can't. How have you not seen these movies, man? Did you? I told you there How were there were several of these, these that I just couldn't choose because I haven't seen these, so I don't know how these villains stack up. Did you have any others? No, okay, hold up. No wonder. No wonder you had Mister Potter <laughs> on your villains list. No, I, I think there he would no probably wonder. still be there. There is no wonder. He would probably still be there even if I had seen those movies. Oh my good gracious. Aaron. Hey, I'm not the only one who thinks Mr. Potter's a villain. <sighs> Did you have any others that you were going to mention that I haven't seen? I, I Well, now I'm thinking. I mean, some of these I thought you would put on, you might put on your list, so I stayed away from them. Um, Let me go back. Like the Lord of the Rings, there's people who say, you know, uh, some of these from Lord of the Rings should be in the top ten. You've never seen Lord of the Rings? Never seen Lord of the Rings. Sweet. Now, it's not because... Child of mine. It's not because I haven't had the chance. I have tried watching the first movie three or four times, and I give up about about after an hour. I'm just bored by them. What about Anton from No Country for Old Men? Mm, Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Javier Bardem. Um... Aaron, you're killing me, oh, man. I was also going to mention Goldfinger. I think Goldfinger gets an honorable mention. But I like old movies. Yeah. Gosh, I got to. I'm going to make you a movie. We're going to do 10 things about movies Aaron hasn't seen. That's what we're going to do. You know what? That actually is something we need to do. We're gonna need to. Okay, here's what I. Here's your homework. Ten things podcast listeners. I need you to hop on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I need you desperately to 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 start listing off movies. We gotta figure out what movies Aaron hasn't seen. I need to know, I, and I don't have the time or the mental capacity or energy to sit here and say, hey. Have you seen this movie or not? Like, here's somebody that lists Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Never seen it. Oh, boy. Aaron. That's like one of the best movies of all time. I mean, I know that... The, How have you not seen this movie? I know the I know the line oh. about Fight Club, but Aaron. I've never seen Fight Club. Aaron. Or Pulp Fiction. The Pulp Fiction, I, I don't... I don't really care for Pulp Fiction. I couldn't make it through all of Pulp Fiction. I've heard it's one of the best of all times. I, I didn't get it. It's kind of like The Godfather. But Fight Club, Gladiator, Seven. These are like icon movies. Really? Yes. These are like critically acclaimed icon. Not just critically acclaimed, but like box office smashing movies. Really? Yes, dude. Oh, Wow. You are way behind. Apparently, I am. Okay. Well, what do people? What do, what do they need to do? Just I, I don't know if anybody can trust your opinion and, and actually go through what you have to say. But we're gonna try it anyway. Just tell tell the people what we say. Just I just go. Just leave us a five star rating. We deserve five stars. Okay? I deserve five stars. I deserve five for being a lover of great movies from the past. The the world apparently would forget, not. The world would get these things, forget these things, if it was just left up to you. So I'm here to bring some of these back to Mount Rushmore. So leave us a five star review uh, rating and leave us a review below. Give us some nice words. Give me some affirmation down there to tell no, me that I'm not uh, alone. No. Yeah, no, tell him he's alone. That's what I want us to know. I mean, you got to put him in his place. And share this with some friends. Please do that. At least say, hey, look, here's a guy that has a podcast, and he's never seen these movies. Listen to what he had to say. So many movies. And and make fun of, of, my, of my villain choices, 
or back me up and say those were great villain choices. Nobody's going to back you up. <laughs> Mr. Potter's a villain. No. He's a bad guy. He's That's a, a bad dude. He's a, he's a slumlord. He led to the deaths of many people. I'm, he was probably running a mob back listen, there. Listen, I want to apologize to the people who keep hearing me go, uh, I just can't help it. It's a guttural response <laughs> to the facts I'm hearing now. This man I've, that I'm sitting next to, I've known for over a decade. <laughs> I'm just now found, finding out that he has not seen some of the best movies of all time. But you never asked me. I just assumed. You never mentioned them. I just assumed. I've never this, even heard of Gladiator. Well, no, I've I heard of Gladiator. Oh, calm down. That's like one of my probably, it's a top 10 movie for me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that the one where he says, are you not entertained? Yes. Okay, maybe I have seen that one. Oh my. I, it's been a long time though. Okay, uh, all right. See, does that make it better that I have seen it? A little bit. I, I okay. Mean, I'm not excited that you don't remember these Yeah, I don't remember anything about moment. it. Yeah, uh, nothing. But I, 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 I take it back. I have seen that one. When he's walking through the fields after his, spoiler alert, fa- family dies and just. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. Have you seen Armageddon? That's Bruce Willis, right? Yes. Yeah, they fly into the planet or into the and Ben Affleck and yeah, they save the world by sacrificing themselves. Fun, fun fact: the well, not everybody. That's the only movie I've ever cried in. Huh? And it's not really a crying movie. There's just one scene at the end where Bruce Willis is talking to his daughter via. A, oh yes, he's the one who has to get sacrificed and yeah, left behind. That's right. It's an asteroid they're trying to prevent yes. hitting from Earth, yes. hitting Earth, and. Uh, he is he's sitting there on the asteroid videoing his daughter and saying goodbye. It's the only time I've ever cried in a movie. It's a very moving scene. It really is. Such a good movie. Okay. Yeah, go do all that stuff. Hey, again, we mentioned at the top of the episode, be sure to go follow us on all the socials. We'd love to see those counts go up. We'd love to be able to talk to you and interact and drop us some comments. Let us know how weird it is that Aaron hasn't seen movies. And uh, we would love that. So uh, on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things Podcast and on the Twitters, at the 10 things pod uh there's some other weirdo account calling themselves the 10 things podcast hey and they're not that's not even the title of their podcast that's us yeah we're the 10 things so for the 10 things i'm craig i'm aaron for now he is we'll talk at you next week (laughs) goodbye goodbye